0: the Vikings. Yes. Yes, very much.
1: Yeah. Kirk Douglas and Tony Curtis. The theme tune is amazing. Welcome everybody to episode 46 of the Metabilis 2 podcast featuring David
0: and Ben.
1: Hey, that's the opposite of our actual <laughs> voices or yeah. their names. Okay, and this is the Empress of Mars.
0: <laughs> what do you think of the old peak Mark Gatiss here, I think. I'm not I, sure he'll I be think... making a return with uh, El Chib.
1: I think that once the once the chip hits the fan, <laughs> he's going to be looking for people to write stuff for him. I think I think the question is is whether Gatus will move on himself to kind of you know a bigger mm. and better things. Uh, but yes, I think peak Mark Gatus is a very good way to describe this. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, you know it's it's it, it had okay. some of the uh, what's the word some of the. Uh, kind of plotty weaknesses that um, uh, things like uh, Spitfires in Space mm-hmm. had, you know, where people kind of stare at each other, like, you have to believe what I just said, even though right. it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe it, then the plot doesn't move forward. <laughs> right. So there's, a, there's, there's that kind of tension in it from time to time.
0: A little bit talky at times. A little bit talky.
1: But, you know, it hit all those great Mark mm-hmm. Gatiss beats. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a, an awesome amount of fan service in it, which I think we'll we'll probably get to talk about at some point. Yeah, sir. And the, I, I actually, I thought the Ice Warriors looked, a, I mean, they were better than they looked in um, uh, uh, the underwater Cold War. Russian, in, in Cold War, uh, mm-hmm. and because uh, there was more than one of them. Mm-hmm. I was worried about the Empress, that she'd be too, uh, not Ice warrior enough and too much like one of the Silurians, but she was, her dreadlocks were fabulous. <laughs> I liked her mask. She was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the I thought all the Victorian soldiering was was absolutely fabulous. Okay, I liked it a lot. I'd had a very very strong kind of journey to the centre of the earth, a yeah. uh, uh, land that time forgot. Kind of uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, um, Doug McClure, um, Edgar Rice Burroughs being the writer of the mm-hmm. land, of the original Land That Time Forgot movie. Right. Um, at the earth's core i think is probably mm-hmm. another movie that that we are referencing here mm-hmm. which is peter cushing and Doug mm-hmm. mcclure um uh, peter cushing basically being the doctor um so yeah it's it's uh I, yeah I, I i had a i had a really good time i had yeah. a really really good time
0: well um mark Gatus really laid the stick with movie references and he, he his inspiration for this was uh the 1964 film with Michael Caine, Zulu.
1: Yes, of course.
0: So that was one of his big inspirations for having the Victorians and uh, I believe he originally was going to do a a sequel to Sleep No More and that wasn't going anywhere and he asked uh, Moffat if he could do what he always really wanted to do was show the Ice Warriors on Mars and then they, and through brainstorming they came, well what would it be like if we had the Victorians on Mars and you know the story grew out of that it reminded me if we were looking at who references it kind of had a little bit uh planet of evil at the beginning with the doctor responding to a distress call and then kind of picking up an episode four of the hand of fear with returning back to your home warren under kind of false pretenses
1: right 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 um just, just to just quickly really pick up on the zulu wars there i mean we did actually name check the battle of isantwana mm-hmm. which um slightly incorrectly i'd have to say because um our the uh, uh, who's who was the who was the cowardly the cowardly lieutenant can't remember his name now um where's my where's my where's my, where's my cheat sheet anyway he was referenced <laughs> as being a hero allegedly the hero of the battle of his um there weren't any heroes at the battle of his <laughs> because everybody got killed apart right. from the zulus um uh maybe he was thinking about rorke's but since he was a coward he was a coward anyway <laughs> it was probably all lies
0: Well, right. So that would explain why he was the hero when everyone died. He pulled a brave Sir Robin.
1: (laughs) He was a brave Sir Robin. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, the the laser cannon thing, which Mm -hmm. was both completely important and completely unimportant in an equal measure. Um, I'm not entirely sure how the uh, Victorian uh, soldiers from Southern Africa were able to bodge together spacesuits and things. Um but I guess maybe they had stuff lying around in their tents that, well, that kind of worked.
0: That and I'm sure Friday helped them out quite a bit. Um, That's true, Friday. You're, you're gonna yeah. need this. <laughs>
1: yeah. But um yes, I mean great movie name checks, um The Thing and The Terminator mm-hmm. um and the Vikings and yeah. Frozen. <laughs> Frozen <laughs>
0: I thought that was nice of Bill referencing her horror or uh, sci-fi movies because it was established earlier in the pilot that that was one of her things. One of her things.
1: And I, I think it's a shame that actually the previous writers appear to have forgotten that that's one of Bill's things. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was Mark Gatiss who had decided that that, that was one of Bill's Could things. Be, yeah. um, so anyway, yeah. But it was good to see her have that thing. Mm-hmm. And I and I do like the idea of you know the Doctor not really having seen any movies and not really knowing anything about sci-fi, I think is, right. but obviously obviously having seen seen Frozen and enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's perfect. And that, that uh, almost identifies with a certain segment of the Doctor Who viewing audience. If the Doctor is their identity figure, their hero that they're looking up to, of course the Doctor would have seen a movie that they would have seen and not seen the movies that were a little bit too mature for them.
1: Absolutely, exactly, 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 exactly. Um, great to see Pauline Collins still oh, yes. going yeah. strong as Queen Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I have no idea where a, a small detachment of British troops. Got a portrait of Queen Victoria that was quite so large. Maybe they had it packed up in their knapsacks Who and knows? in color, and in color, <laughs> and in color. You know, maybe maybe it was the rule that all Victorian mm-hmm. detach, all Victorian British yep. Army detachments yep. in Southern Africa had to yep. carry a giant uh, <laughs> painting of Queen Victoria around with them. Who knows? Yeah, so that
0: was a nice uh, callback to Tooth and Claw. Uh, exactly. I think we had uh, one of the uh, soldiers saying, "In all my puff," which we. Which was the kind of crone said in uh, Towns of Wang Chiang. Towns of Wang Chiang, exactly. One of the things. uh, Um,
1: We had had a superb um, uh, rank has its privileges. Um, We love the Daleks. Back there to to Dare the Daleks when Mm -hmm. uh, Captain Yates lords it over Sergeant Benton. (laughs) Benton. so it's, it's it's a pity, actually, in some ways, that that we didn't decide that some of these troops would be called either Yates or Benton, but you know, <laughs> as like you know, ancestors. They yeah. could have put a Benton in there. That would have been that would have been lovely. I, mm. I can certainly see Benton's ancestors being in the <laughs> army.
0: And uh, the ice ice warrior tombs had a certain tomb on, tell us tombs, cyber tombs on tell us vibe yeah. about them,
1: which is which is fine. I mean, I think mm-hmm. um, we've got some old school Cybermen allegedly turning up sometime later, this series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's perfectly appropriate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we haven't learnt much about the Cybermen's... What's oh, the Cybermen, The um, Ice Warrior's home planet of Mars before. So um, good to know that they have emp- empresses, and mm-hmm. that Empress has a tomb um, that apparently has some kind of weird booby trap in it don't mm-hmm. know, really know why that would be the case but um apparently it does mm-hmm. i got a slight kind of green uh, uh, uh the was it green eye the little yellow god, whatever that victorian poem <laughs> is you know the kind of soldiers stealing the stealing the gem so that was good that was mm-hmm. good to see always love a tomb um always love a, a resurrected empress of some kind mm-hmm. yeah it's excellent
0: And uh, kind of explains the whole Ice Warrior timeline with them being asleep for 5,000 years. Yes,
1: yes. Because the the Ice Warrior timeline is a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not quite as much of a problem as the Silurians are um, (laughs) in terms of, like, where do they all go? Right. Um, But it's, you know, why don't we hear more about the Ice Warriors? Um, How do they avoid interacting with... Sutek's pyramid, um, mm-hmm. which is presumably uh, uh, this is roughly contemporary, actually mm-hmm. with with the with, with with the pyramids of Mars. Mm-hmm. Edwardian, I think, the pyramids of pyramids of Mars. Right, yeah, so than, it's, I think Victorian.
0: it's rather. It's yeah, about twenty years later, almost. But again, I
1: mean, obviously the, that that pyramid containing Sutek is on is on Mars somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, th- I think it's not really surprising that we didn't name check that particular pyramid because we've just had a pyramid, right? And obviously, people don't want—you know—we don't want people to get confused mm-hmm. about about all the pyramids floating right. around. Mm-hmm. We didn't name check the uh, the the waters of Mars either, mm-hmm. which I was slightly looking forward to a little bit. But again, mm-hmm. I think it's probably too much to ask for
0: what... different continuity, really.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And maybe maybe it's the southern pole that has the scary water, <laughs> not the be. northern pole.
0: Could be, and really all the classic gatus callbacks. I mean, this was probably, I think, the most laden on of his callbacks things. And I mean, he even re- referenced his own story, "Sleep No More," with the right uh, the Empress saying, "My Ice Warrior is Sleep No More." Sleep No More, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that was really, really a lot of callbacks. But we haven't mentioned the number one most <laughs> celebrated callback,
1: which is. Drum world. Here goes.
0: Our hermaphrodite hexapod. Hermaphrodite hexapod's (laughs) Hooray!
1: Who does not adore Alpha Centauri? Alpha Centauri is probably my favorite Doctor Who character of all time. (laughs) I love Alpha Centauri so much.
0: (laughs) And quite the casting coup to have. Yuzan Churchman back, ninety two years old, two
1: years young, exactly doing yeah, the she's...
0: voice of Alpha Centauri.
1: Yeah, fabulous, love it, <laughs> love it, love it, love love to have them I'm 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 upset that obviously we didn't have more of <laughs> Alpha Centauri. Um, I'd love to have seen a whole bunch of Alpha Centauri's just kind of you know toddling out of there, no doubt. Embarrassingly shaped spacecraft.
0: <laughs> well, this, <laughs> well, this could have been the whole series arc. This could have this. I was thinking this story could have been slotted in pretty easily in other parts within series ten. So right. you could have had the whole Alpha Centauri arc. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> for Alpha Centauri series arc. Uh, Were you on board with the Empress of Mars up until Alpha Centauri, or is the, is that the icing on the cake for you, or did that make the episode? Well, you know, for i
1: you? i've I've been, I mean, i've I've spoiled myself a little bit towards mm. the beginning of this series, so mm-hmm. I've been trying to avoid spoilers towards <laughs> the end. Um, and I had no idea that Alpha Centauri was going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just 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 very very exciting for me, and was the was the kind of the capper mm-hmm. on this that made it yes, Alpha Centauri excellent again. It bit disappointed that that she he it that they i think i think <laughs> the, the, the the right one is they exactly <laughs> i'm i'm kind of upset that they didn't they, they weren't fully um fully realized mm-hmm. but um yeah no that was that was that was that was that was very, very cool. And, you know, it it, it makes sense, as you said. You know, it, it kind of explains, you know, what, what happened to the Ice Warriors, why they aren't really on Mars anymore. Right. When we do more Mars things um, mm-hmm. going forward. And it kind of, you know, dovetails nicely into Peladon. I did read somewhere that originally Gatiss had thought about setting this story on Peladon. Right. Um, but I think there was an idea that the following episode, which is all set in kind of, you know, Roman times in kind mm-hmm. of Scotland, had, you know, grubby people running through stony <laughs> corridors with torches and things. So it would be a little bit, a little bit too similar. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Well, the caves looked excellent. Their ca- caves cave- look very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, the red cliff caves in Bristol. Oh, okay. And so the red, red tint of the rock was actually realistic. So I think that worked uh-huh. very well for caverns on Mars. It, just like in a revenge of the Cybermen where you are in actual caves, it really makes a difference. To be really in yep. caves, it really helps sell that production. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I don't know whether this was deliberate, but it was uh, 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 something that I noticed, which which I'm, I'm perfectly happy with, and I think it's it's a it's a, what kind of gave me this idea that there's callbacks here to Journey to the Center of the Earth and at the Earth's core, mm-hmm. um, the explosions with the uh, um, what's 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 the sonic laser cannon again? Gargantua the can- <laughs> with, with Gargantua. Um, we're all the same as far as I can gather. So they only basically did one explosion. Different angles. But that, that compl- yeah. completely fits with, the, again, the kind of throwback to these kind of 1960s nineteen sixties <laughs> movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you recognize Ben Kingsley's son as uh, Captain no? Catchlove, Ferdinand Kingsley?
1: Is that Ben Kingsley's son? Yes, it is. The, well, the
0: mustache-twirling villain in our story. Wow, <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley, we have to call him. <laughs> uh, it's not just a regular Ben Kingsley, he's Sir Ben. <laughs> Kingsley
1: well I that's that's interesting I did not know
0: that and know that. of all the characters he was probably the most one note but I think that fits within the Gaddis writing that style worked fine of yeah worked he fine. wanted a he wanted the mustache twirler that's one of the things I think he he likes in his doctor who kind of yep a, and so the Ice Warriors, I thought, were pretty well, you know, multi-dimensional type characters. They had a yep. backstory. Friday was Friday was very interesting. And in how did he lose his eye? Did he lose his eye in the crash on Earth and the Velt? That raised some interesting questions that obviously had no connection to the plot and didn't need to be explained. But it it provided some bit of character rather than just a bog standard Ice Warrior. Yep. Uh, I thought Iraxa uh, as the Empress was also interesting and when I heard her voice in the trailer, it kind of reminded me of the the Spider Queen in... Very uh, Spider queen yep. Runaway Bride, but uh turned out to be quite quite a different type of character, which I think was very, very yeah. welcome. Yeah, so yeah. I think Gaeta spent more time detailing and thinking about the Ice Warriors than the Victorian soldiers. They seemed a little too uh, one-note, one-dimensional, but... I think they were there mainly for let's have the ice warriors versus the Victorian soldiers. That's a cool image, sort of like let's yeah. have Spitfires in space. Yep. You had that image, let's go with it as far as we can. But they didn't really. I, I don't think Gaidus and Moffat really spent a lot of time, uh, you know, developing it beyond what they needed to get that story going on. Yeah, and that's,
1: I mean, that's, that, that's fine. And again, it fit fit with the whole Edgar Rice Burroughs kind of vibe right. for the thing and the whole steampunk thing, which again, you know, Gates is very keen on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think we needed any more complex explanation of how the... No how the British soldiers got to Mars mm-hmm. other than it was on a Martian spacecraft. Fair enough, you know. I mean, there's Martian spacecraft apparently all over, all over, all over
0: the planet. So. <laughs> I thought the opening with the scene in Florida in NASA was a little bit unnecessary.
1: Yeah, I, it was a joke that didn't really make a lot of sense. They mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't really explain the, that was the reason why the TARDIS team decided to go to Mars. or right. whether, they, right. whether it was after so they already knew. I mean, the Doctor had this huge smile on his face, which kind of, uh, to me, implied that actually this is... They went to NASA after they'd been to Mars, but then mm-hmm. that doesn't really explain why they went to no, Mars in it's the first a ti- place. No, I think
0: it's a timey-wimey type thing that they went to Mars to figure out why that was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought it was unnecessary, Um, obviously this is uh, with the whole scene with Missy getting Missy out of the vault. I thought it was uncharacteristic of Nardole, the one who's supposed to be the guarantor of the doctor's promise of watching over the vault, making sure that that promise is kept that he would be the one that let Missy out. And then at the end, Missy and the doctor's reaction to each other, just, I'm not sure what was going on there. Like the doctor saying, I have to put you back. This isn't what we agreed on. And Missy saying, "Yeah, I know. Whatever. You know, you needed help." Yeah. But then the doctor just looking at her, and Missy wondering, "Are you okay?" And I, I'm not sure what we were supposed to get out of that. I'm still trying to process and trying to understand that little bit.
1: Well, I'm trying to understand why the TARDIS automatically took itself back to the doctor's study. Mm-hmm. With, um, I mean that's pretty unusual that right. the TARDIS makes it makes a. You know, a pretty crap decision like that. I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, it didn't really uh, let me see. I mean, it didn't really serve the plot on Mars at all Mm because, I mean, the doctor really didn't didn't really need anything from the TARDIS. um, So that wasn't really a problem. The TARDIS wasn't there. Um, It simply I mean, it seemed to me just to be an excuse to get Missy out of the vault. But then that didn't really seem to lead to lead anywhere either. So whether this is something that we're being set up for in the next couple of episodes, I don't know.
0: Well, I think getting Missy out of the vault was necessary for the series arc, but I think it would have been much more effective to have her play a role in the monks with the doctor asking for her help and getting her out and Nardo going, no, 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 this is naughty. Yeah. Then Nardo being kind of a, well, more impotent than he normally is. Yeah. And more incompetent than he is for handling the TARDIS, you know. We saw him with the return of Doctor Mysterio being a master of the TARDIS and being able to yeah. turn on a yeah. dime. And again,
1: I mean, I, th- I think as we were saying last week, I mean, there is plenty of precedent for the Doctor needing the Master's help right. to to defeat a you know a very powerful mm-hmm. villain that's, that's that's threatening the Earth or mm-hmm. the galaxy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as you said, Nardole needing Missy's help to pilot the TARDIS back right. to Mars again is. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty thin stuff, unless there's, and, and again, as I said, I don't, it wasn't explained why the TARDIS decided to go back home anyway.
0: It really seemed to me like kind of heavy-handed arc, seasoned arc manipulation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
0: again, I'm wondering if that is more Moffat than Gaitis.
1: It smelled to me very much of Moffatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like a it felt like a Moffat thing to me. Um,
0: on a different topic, did you miss yeah. the Muralon effect on the Ice Warrior guns, or did you like the bouncy beach ball uh, compression? The ba- <laughs> I love the bouncy beach balls. <laughs>
1: that that I thought that was an excellent way to update the the Ice Warriors' okay. sonic weapons for <laughs> the 21st century. I loved it. Loved it. Thought it was very very good. Okay. What did you think?
0: Well, I missed the Mylar effect. You missed the Myler, the Miralon, the Miralon. Mir- yeah, Miralon. I think that would have been. Well, maybe it was just a sound effect that I missed. I would have. It would have been really nice if they had that bl- 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 sound effect <laughs> that accompanied with it.
1: Um, I know. I thought. I thought that was really good. I mean, because again, you know, apart from the Miralon piece, we don't really mm-hmm. know what what the Ice Warrior weapons do to mm-hmm. human bodies. But now we know. Well, it's the right. kind of makes them into kind of squashed-up beach balls, which is horrible <laughs> and great and lovely. Pretty, it, yeah. yes.
0: And I, there's some uh, kind of classic gatus type writing lines with the upright crocodiles for the describing the Ice Warriors and then the yep. Ice Warriors' reaction to humans as uh, fleshy worms or pink things, I thought Pink was, things, yes. That was uh, the,
1: the insult, yes, mm-hmm. exactly.
0: So that worked well, and I, I thought the really nice one line explanation that the doctor gave that the ice warriors have engineered these biomechanical armors and they're kind of at one with their carapace. And it really kind of describes why ice warriors are always seen armored, but just that this is how they've technologically designed themselves or built for themselves. And it's more, it seemed almost like a symbiotic type relationship with that suit rather than just purely armor.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's the best way to do them. And I, I, I wasn't entirely happy with Cold War. You know, and the Cyberman, the the, the Ice Warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, he's it, out of his suit, and and he's like this little kind of skinny thing that kind of slips around like an alien out of mm-hmm. Alien. Or baby alien out of mm-hmm. alien, uh, and you know the, they need to stay in their suits. And I, this, I, the idea that is, again, as you say exactly, I'm simply just repeating what you said and agreeing mm-hmm. with it. Um, that they have a symbiotic kind of cyborg style relationship with mm-hmm. their with their suits, and which which makes them, you know, more reptilian. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. tortoises, basically. You know, right. they have a they have a shell that mm-hmm. they prefer to stay inside. I'm not sure whether tortoises can survive outside their
0: shells, can they? Probably not. I, not, anyway. not at all. They're an integral part of it. Integral.
1: Well, there you go. And I think maybe as ice warriors develop over time, that becomes even more so.
0: And so you were okay with the Empress. It wasn't full Silurian with uh, mammalian curves.
1: With mammalian curves? No, I thought, I thought, I thought she was great. I thought she was great. She was just... <laughs> Um, uh, you know, uh, evil enough, and you know, I like the I like the kind of interaction. Uh, you know, about her kind of you know that they that the she needs to hear the what, what needed to hear what the female had to say because she's surrounded by it was it ignorant males I can't remember noisy what the, noisy 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 males <laughs> which I thought was a very nice gentle call back to the. Uh, the kind of feminism, the kind of 1970s women's lib aspects of, of the Peladon stories. Yeah, it which,
0: reminded me of the monster of Peladon. Uh, with Apollon, Sarah Jane Peladon, and the Queen. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: which I thought was good. And again, you know, there's there's no reason why, um you know, the Ice Warrior Society couldn't be matriarchal in some kind of way. That's absolutely fine.
0: It works well, I think, with. Yeah. I think it works. I think it serves them well. I think it was it a good,
1: good addition to the mythos. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 I t- top episode across the board for me, really okay.
0: I think it's uh, certainly in my top three of uh, Mark Gatiss I I did like Cold War, I think I like this one better yep. um, I agree I, with that I think I like uh, The Unquiet Dead more than I like this one But it's been a while since I've watched the uh, series, uh, first series Mark Gatiss story So I'd, yeah. I'd like to watch it back to back and see what I think
1: I certainly enjoyed it more than Robot of Sherwood, mm-hmm. um, and I certainly enjoyed it more than Sleep No More, which I didn't really <laughs> enjoy at all. I haven't watched Night Terrors for a long time. In fact, mm-hmm. I probably haven't really watched it at all. In fact, so
0: you got Idiot's Lantern and
1: didn't really stick in my in my head that much. Mm-hmm. So I, I very much enjoyed Idi- Idiot's Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a good one. Victory of the Daleks was fine until they got to the Spitfires in space, which <sighs> yeah. you know. Yep. Um, Incidentally, nice kind of continuity. Obviously, Gatiss has got a thing about um, monsters serving people tea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick up on that with, the, with the Back to the Victory of the Daleks, but I was thinking that was more of the type of servitude that uh, conquering British would do with the indigenous population. And I think well, that's what they was trying to uh, display. I
1: advise you to Google Camp Coffee. Okay. Um, which has a very very famous label. Um, camp coffee is a kind of a. I'm not sure if you can get camp coffee anymore, but it, it's a uh, it's a kind of a coffee liquid that you add hot water to, and it's it's like an old fashioned in- instant coffee. Mm-hmm. But it has a very very famous la- label of a seated British, um, and actually a, a, a Scots uh, soldier uh, sat down being served a delicious mm-hmm. cup of camp coffee by by a by a native a native servant. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if Gatiss wasn't actually sort of referencing Cam Coffee.
0: Okay, that would make sense. Yes. Um, kind of a traditional Gatus story, I think, that can be slotted in almost anywhere for almost any Doctor. There wasn't really anything specifically Capaldi. I could see easily Matt Smith doing this role. I could see Tempest yeah, doing this been good. role. Yep. I mean, I think that's one of the weaknesses of Gatiss's writing, that he doesn't write specifically to a Doctor, but it also... Underlies that they, as you know, Moffat likes saying, it's the same man or same Time Lord with many different faces.
1: Right, right, right. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, I, I was really, ha- apart from the kind of gratuitous, Missy has to get out of the vault for some reason, um, aspect. I was really, really happy to have have a, have a kind of a non continuity heavy, um, well, a non arc heavy, right. uh, a story that was just about just really enjoying being Doctor Who.
0: Yeah. yeah good on them <laughs> good on them
1: excellent well done well done Gatis if this is your last for, for a while then you then you did well we're very very happy with this yeah. one yeah. Mark oh, Gates.
0: yep so we have our first returning from the classic series writer Rona Monroe next week next week Eaters yes. of Light something to look forward to yes with
1: the famous are you is the the mystery of the eagle of the ninth is that a um is that a thing that Americans are aware of? Do you, you, you heard about the Ninth Legion? Mm, no. No. So, the, <laughs> so the, 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 ninth, the, the disappearance of the Ninth Legion is a big deal. Mm. Um, and no one really knows what happened to the okay. Ninth Legion. Um, and that's a real historical thing. The, the 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 Ninth Legion went into Scotland. They went mm-hmm. over Hadrian's Wall into Scotland and they completely vanished. Ah. Um, and it's a kind of matter of historical record. I mean, presumably they were completely exterminated and, you know, obliterate, obliterated obliterated <laughs> by the Picts. Mm-hmm. They could have gone native as well. I mean, that's one of the interesting things, of course, about, about Roman troops in general. And mm-hmm. we'll probably cover this uh, well, next week, is that... You know, they weren't all from Rome, um, mm-hmm. but anyway. So, so yes. Yeah, so the I, I, from what I gathered from the trailer, we are discovering what really happened mm-hmm. to the mysterious missing Ninth Legion.
0: Yeah, well, that should be interesting, and
1: absolutely, and kind Rune of looking Rune- forward R- to it. Rona Monroe is a is a Scots lady, mm-hmm. and obviously, then is completely um, within her rights to write about what what, um, <laughs> uh, what uh, about Scottish things. So, uh, look, looking forward to it another another doomed military expedition into enemy territory um <laughs> so i can see the you know the, the 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 a desire to kind of put some blue mm-hmm. water between um uh, this week's doomed military expedition to to en- enemy enemy territory and, um, and and next week's
0: i'm assuming that the doctor got the soldiers who wanted to stay who survived back somehow
1: yeah, I mean it's not really explained, and it doesn't really. We don't really. Have, it doesn't really have to be explained. I right. mean, of course, the doctor stuck them all in the TARDIS and flew them back to Cape Town or wherever the right. hell they were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I don't know Rourke's Drift, but yeah, that that, that isn't really explained. But yes, I, I, one would hope he didn't leave them on Mars. <laughs> that would have been awful. Maybe they all went off with um, with Alpha Centauri an Alpha Centauri spaceship.
0: <laughs> could be doubtful, to be, but to, could to, be to, to, to be
1: to be badger faced. Badger-haired miners. On
0: <laughs> well, they with the gargantua, that would all it all ties together. <laughs> it all does tie. Vegan exos, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it does. It ties together nicely. Okay. Well, what what I would really like if for just one of the um, just one point in the show, one of the uh, one maybe maybe the maybe the sergeant major had taken off his white helmet and he had like. Red and white striped hair. Peach. Um, <laughs> oh, he is the he is the, 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 the person who gave the genetic codes of that kind of hair to the yeah the miners of Peladon. Anyway, who knows? Who knows?
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: that would have been very good. I would have enjoyed. I mean, there was a lot of really nice little bits of continuity, which I think it really it helps my enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, my enjoyment is the most important
0: thing. So well, you know, that is why Gaidus is writing. Yes, he's he's writing
1: solely to amuse me, um, and 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 this week he did a good job. I I was I was de- I was unlike Queen Victoria. I was amused.
0: <laughs> oh, that's super. <laughs> so
1: so right. I would just like to quickly recommend to our readers, um, readers, listeners, and also <laughs> to you, David, if you haven't got it, this month's Doctor Who magazine has a, an excellent. It was the apart from a really great. Article on um, uh, the restoration of the uh, of that um, recently rediscovered Ice Warrior helmet. So yeah. that's that's convenient. The fact of fiction, which is where they run through a um, an historic Doctor Who story in kind of you know over overly detailed detail, is on the Macra Terra. and it's really really good. I have not really spent a lot of time with the Macra Terra, but I found it absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, they transcribed all the chants from the colony all the songs and stuff and very 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 interesting it was a it's a it's a, it's a great read i definitely is that, enjoyed that one is that
0: johnny i can't remember his last name johnny uh, Jonathan morris yeah johnny morris he did the, a yeah. really excellent bit of research with horror of fang rock that i had an exchange with him on twitter that he oh, uncovered really? yeah. he uncovered the the actual source book that terence dicks Used for his uh, lighthouse knowledge, and he can, and he found the actual pages in there that really? uh, Dick's kind of lifted dialogue from, or put put descriptive <laughs> lighthouse descriptive dialogue. So yeah, Johnny Morris's research is top notch.
1: Excellent. Well, again, I mean, because I, I mean, I, I mentioned this, Dave, because I know that you're a big Second Doctor fan. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and and who isn't? Right. But um, to to have spent the time to actually write down the lyrics of the various kind of scary. Um, uh, kind of totalitarian songs <laughs> that everyone sings in MacroTerra. That is That shows real dedication um, and very, very interesting to read. So mm-hmm. congratulations to both and Morris and Doctor Who magazine for an excellent... Um, and, and you can choose from two covers this month as well, either a, a old-fashioned Cyberman or the Empress of Mars. Mm-hmm. So that's also a plus. Super. Yes, yeah. it is super. Great. Well, next week, we've only got two more episodes left, right?
0: Uh well we have the two-parter at the season finale but so this is the uh, penultimate story yep. I guess but we have 3 three more left in yep. this series yep. 10.
1: Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. So um yeah, wow. what, what is going to happen? Ooh, who knows. <laughs>
0: who uh, I'm, knows? I'm
1: I'm I am i am i am really hoping that someone is going to say it's a, it's a trick. Peter Capaldi is not going to regenerate. He's staying on for another year but it's not going to happen. So I'm sad
0: yeah unfortunately i Uh, know
1: yeah great okay well um uh, there may be some delay fans next week oh yes of of our podcast because i am traveling as 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 usual this time for fun rather than for work i will be in on the other side of the united states but we will see what we can do in terms of in terms of getting your favorite podcast onto (laughs) your onto your into your earlobes
0: stay tuned um, keep listening stay
1: tuned keep listening exactly exactly well great so um uh, we we're, we're, we're signing off now yeah
0: yeah, yeah absolutely so i the
1: kind of in a kind of a brisk efficient Mark Gates kind of way <laughs> we've just covered it all and yep. now we're ready to go yep. exactly all right um so if you have been thanks for listening
0: yep you've been listening to episode 46 of the metabuse 2 podcast i have been david
1: and i have been ben and Toodle pip
0: Have a great evening Tally ho
1: (laughs) Tally ho Toodle pip Exactly Um, Enjoy a lovely glass of camp coffee
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cheers (laughs) Cheers Thank you for listening to the Metabilis 2 podcast. You can reach us with email at metabilis2, that's a number 2, at gmail.com, or on Twitter at metabilis2, and again, that's a number 2. Hope to hear from you. Bye.